Welcome to History Frogcast, a production of the TCU History Department, where we put the life and times of horned frogs into their rightful place in world history. I'm about that riff ram, bazoo, liggity liggity zoo zoo, ooh wah, wahoo, give them hell, TCU, riff ram, bazoo, liggity liggity zoo zoo, ooh wah, wahoo. There's a lot of debate today about the effectiveness of government programs. But what if I told you a government program from the 1940s changed America forever and is still in use today? Say I've just got back from World War Number Two. I've just got back from World War Number Two. Seems to me I still got some shooting to do. This is Keith Glover, and I am a senior political science student and also a student veteran. And I'm Griffin Miller, a senior marketing and history student. Welcome, Welcome to, to Frogcast, a podcast series from the TCU History Department. Our opening clip was by Al Russell. Russell explains coming home from the war and finding his wife with another man. Did you know that there was once barracks on the campus of TCU? In 1946, so many veterans of World War II enrolled at TCU that barracks had to be built to house them. There are over 200 single student veterans, including four women. Griffin, let me tell you, as somebody who spent some time in some barracks, I can't imagine what a barracks on a college campus must have been like. We know from a little research in the archives of the skiff that the barracks had competitions between each other usually associated with sports or spirit. TCU had multiple sets of these barracks to have student veterans. Some of the barracks were located behind the library in Winton Scott Hall of Signs while others were behind the blue and in front of Schollmeyer Arena. Griffin, the big question we want to answer on this episode of Frogcast is how does a nation and its military veterans transition from total war to sudden peace. According to Ed Humes, One Ways Through Education, Humes is a California-based journalist and author. In 1989, Mr. Humes was awarded the Pulitzer Prize for his reporting on the military establishment in Southern California for the Orange County Registrar. In 2006, Mr. Humes authored Over Here, How the GI Bill Transformed the American Dream. Keith and I interviewed Ed for this podcast. We started our conversation with Ed talking about education in America before World War II. Before World War II, like in the 1930s and then lead up to World War II, um, somewhere around half of Americans graduated from high school. Um, you know, it, just, it, it was a lot. Yeah, right. Uh, it's kind of shocking. Um, you know, a lot of people got out of, uh, you know, eighth grade and had to go to work because we were poor. It was the 1930s with post-Depression era. Uh, and the economy was in the tank right up until the war broke out. So that, that kind of, it was things were improving, but education wasn't on the radar for, for uh, most people. And the middle class was really tiny. So you either had a lot of money or you were a renter and working, working class. That's, that's exactly what it was. Um, I, had, I had a number here on the, the expansion of the middle class. I think it was one in eight Americans before the GI Bill, and it was one in three, you know, um, by the 1950s would, would, would 
qualify as being in the middle class. And of course, that's grown even more since then. In terms of the those high school graduates, something like, I think it was 16% of high school graduates. Remember, only half of the country was graduating from high school. About 16% of that group, men, uh, went to college. About 8% of female high school graduates went to college. So that you know, since we're talking about 50% of the population, that would, and this is just a rough number, it would be 8% of men and 4% of women went to yeah. college in America. Uh, and after, you know, within, you know, the, by, by the early 50s, we were seeing high school graduation rates of 75%. So it went from 50 to 75% in a very short time. That um I don't think we could credit the GI Bill for that, but a lot of a lot of actually uh, World War II vets got their GEDs so they could take advantage of the college uh, right after the war, so they could take advantage of the college benefits. So some of that was was connected to the GI Bill, and then I think the percentage of the high school graduates now we have a larger number of graduates, and the percentage of them going to college doubled from before the war. It wasn't huge. So I think I've seen maybe 15 to 20% college enrollment bump directly attributable to the to the GI Bill after World War II because of that influx of veterans. But the real, the real impact was the expansion of the middle class, not just through education, but through um, job training, through, you know, home ownership, which was the big, the big economic impact of the, of the GI Bill. Um, you know, nation of renters becomes a nation of homeowners after the, the directly due to the GI Bill. And the prosperity that went along with that, it was the children of the World War II uh, veteran population, that age group, that all went to college. So that's the benefits of the GI Bill really were uh, a ripple effect that um, even though, you know, my dad was a World War II, he the family house was a GI Bill house, and it was expected that I would go to college. I was, you know, the first generation where that was an expectation, um, not just an aspiration. Uh, and that was because of the GI Bill and the transformation of society that it, it, um, it helped launch. Veterans of foreign wars had not always been treated well by the United States government. Many returned with no jobs, a poor economy, and little chance to succeed. Here's Ed Humes again on how these veterans were treated. That was actually the most shocking thing I learned about <clears throat> about our history was how badly veterans of other uh, wars, dating back to the Revolutionary War, were treated by by the government after the fighting was over. Um, and the Bonus Army, the World War II vets, were they were all impoverished. They they had uh, you know lost their place and. The economy and the workforce, and they came back and were, you know, begging on street corners and and ultimately wa- uh, marching on Washington uh, to protest their, you know, their lack of pensions and lack of support when they uh, when they got back. I mean, just the you know the luminaries of uh, the later luminaries of our fighting force in World War Two, you know, were involved in the last cavalry charge on American soil deployed against veterans. And it's just it's the history is so uh, forgotten and, and but illuminating that uh, 
that it, 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 I thought it was important to include that in the book, but it also set the stage. There was a fear that all these many more veterans were coming home and there was not going to be jobs or places or homes for them. And if that group started marching on Washington, um, there was genuine fear in Congress that that um, unrest could could undo uh, the peace that we had achieved in in uh, Europe and the Pacific theaters. So we got to take care of the veterans. It was it was enlightened self interest, I guess, uh, with the original impetus for this GI Bill, but. Um, uh, ended up being much more far-reaching than anybody uh, anticipated. I think I think you probably read that the, the program they were thought would be most uh, important was the you know small amount of weekly money veterans <laughs> we get for a year to, to get them back on their feet. And it was so much. Oh boy, it's going to make this generation lazy, and I'm not sure we should give them so much money. And uh, you know the what's it the four the fifty twenty. Uh, Benefit, I think they called it. So, what they thought was going to be the most important part turned out to be the least important um, bill. Um, they didn't expect uh, so many veterans to take advantage of the educational benefits, and, uh, and they didn't really foresee how the housing market would be would be changed when they when they passed these bills. They were just, you know, trying to tamp down any potential political unrest uh, we, uh, and they ended up creating probably the one of the greatest uh, government programs and pieces of social engineering in, in history in the world uh, right. in terms of its, its benefits and its reach. The GI Bill was passed into law and signed by President Franklin D. Roosevelt. This bill provided returning veterans an opportunity to attend college at no cost. The bill also provided veterans a low-interest loan backed by the United States government to buy a home. Combined, these created a generation of Americans who were both college-educated and homeowners. Ain't gonna steady one no more. Ain't gonna steady one no more. Ain't gonna steady one no more. I ain't gonna steady one no more. Ain't gonna steady one no more. Gonna lay down my burden down by the riverside. Down by the riverside. Down by the riverside. Gonna lay down my burden. Down by the riverside to steady one no more. I ain't gonna steady one no more. I ain't gonna steady one no more. Ain't gonna steady one no more. Ain't gonna steady one no more. I ain't gonna steady one no more. Ain't gonna steady one no That was the Thomas family and their 1946 song, Ain't Gonna Study War No More. The U.S. population during World War II was about 139 million, 
Of that 139 million, one in eight Americans served in uniform during the war. 50% of service members before the war never finished high school. The GI Bill gave millions of veterans the opportunity to go to college. Nearly 8 million veterans used the bill in its first five years. Quite a few notable figures were, uh, and political leaders and presidents were, and presidential candidates were educated only because the, of the GI Bill. There was 14 Nobel Prize winners, uh, a couple dozen Pulitzer Prize winners, 238,000 teachers, 91,000 scientists, 67,000 doctors, 450,000 engineers educated and got their degrees and their advanced degrees with the GI Bill. These are guys who built modern America. Here's and everyone I, inter everyone I interviewed uh, said, there's no way I was going to college. That was, this wasn't an option. And then I came home and I well, damn, I, I can do this. I, I can I can change my life by by getting that degree and and <clears throat> you know the great movie director and stage director Arthur Penn told me oh yeah I was going to go work in my dad's watchmaking shop repairing watches uh, and instead you know the, the one of the artists of the golden age of American cinema the director of Bonnie and Clyde and the Miracle Worker and all these classic films got his education from the GI Bill. It's just everything. Yeah. Uh, engineering, so, art, science, medicine, cures were discovered by people educated with GI Bill. The secrets of atomic energy were, were opened up by GI Bill graduates. It's, it's mind-boggling. The GI Bill expanded the middle class from one in eight Americans prior to World War II to one in three Americans by the 1950s. The song that was just played was The Kaisens Go Rolling Along. Historically, a Kaisen is a Chester wagon that has been used to carry ammunition. Post 9-11, the GI Bill is still providing opportunities for veterans to pursue higher education. Presently, TCU currently has 400 student veterans. The post 9-11 GI Bill and its companion program, the Yellow Ribbon Program, allow student veterans to attend private universities like TCU, and also provides a monthly housing allowance. We had the pleasure of interviewing Vic Pena, a TCU student who is currently utilizing the GI Bill, as well as the Yellow Ribbon Program. So introduce yourself to our listeners. Yeah, my name is Victor Pena. I'm a uh, senior communication studies major, and I'm from Dallas, Texas. And tell us about your uh, time in service. Well, what branch did you serve in? I was in the United States Army from 2017 to 2020, and I was a 91 Bravo light-wheeled vehicle mechanic. So that's like Humvees. Uh, what else would be... What else did you work on? LMTVs, MTVs. And what base did you serve at? I was at Fort Carson, Colorado Springs. The whole time? 
Your yeah, whole, yeah, yeah, the whole time. And you're using your post 9-11 GI Bill here at TCU, correct? Correct. And how important has the access to the GI Bill been to you in your pursuit of higher education? I would say it's been the most important. I, I never thought that I was ever going to get to go to college. So to get a chance to go to college and to get a chance to go to university at TCU is really only possible because of my time in the military. And when do you graduate? Spring 2024. Awesome. And what do you plan on doing after you graduate? Uh, I plan on starting a family with my wife and staying here in Fort Worth. And I'm looking at professional remote opportunities in either HR or recruiting. Awesome. And Vic, what would you say has been your biggest challenge being a college student after your time in the Army? Well, as I mentioned previously, I never planned on going to college, uh, and I was certainly not the best student. Um, so coming back to college, I had to relearn how to like be a student again and relearn what, what studying was. And It's basically like learning a new skill. Pretty much, but I will say from my time in the Army, I am a better student now than I ever was growing up in high school or anything like that. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Vic. It's been great talking to you. Hope you have continued success here at TCU. Go Frogs! Griffin, we're recording this podcast on the week of not only Veterans Day, but the 248th birthday of the Marine Corps. In honor of the Marine Corps, here's a little clip from the Marines hymn. Semper Fi and happy birthday, Marines. From the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. Griffin, that was the Victor Miller Band and their 1942 version of The Marine's Hymn. Very motivating. To quote Ed Hume's book, FDR never got a chance to remake America. Instead, the GI Bill did. If you're interested in learning more about the GI Bill, as well as its impact on America as a whole, please check out Over Here, How the GI Bill Transformed America by Ed Humes. For more information about the post-9-11 GI Bill, please visit the Department of Veteran Affairs at www.va.gov forward slash education. For more information about veterans' admissions to TCU, please visit www.admissions.tcu.edu. A radio broadcast interruption, hidden bunkers in the basement of your home, and constant safety drills in preparation for unknown attacks. Next week's podcast episode features an extensive post-war conversation about the public's relationships with the Cold War, with special guest Dr. McAnany of the Chicago Newberry Library. We'll be closely studying how Americans dealt with the harsh realities of the nuclear age, starting with evidence right here on TCU ground. This is Keith. And this is Griffin. Saying, so so long long and go go frogs. frogs. TCU. Give them hell, TCU. 
Until next time, Riff Ram, y'all. TCU, Riff Ram.